check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hello and welcome back to another edition of The Throwdown. I am your host, Zach, joined by Connor and Alex. Say hi, guys. What up, buddy? All right, uh, we are now officially in the postseason basketball of this episode. Very exciting going on. Uh, we're recording on the last day of the regular season for the NBA, but we're very excited to bring you postseason coverage of the NBA and what goes on in the offseason for the other teams. Before we get into today's episode, we've got to plug that social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find the links to those accounts in the description down below. We are also doing new mini episodes with the play-in tournament and when series ends. So let's just say, for example, the 76ers versus the Raptors. When that series ends, uh, we'll do a quick five-minute recap episode. Those will be coming out whenever the series ends. Um, you know, I'm really excited to be doing that stuff. You know, it'll be fun to get a little more in-depth coverage of the postseason. But let's go over the overview for the episode today. Got your big NBA news, weekly matchups, the final weekly matchup recap of the regular season. Then we're going to be talking about the play-in tournament, and then we're talking about the NBA playoffs as a whole. And that's pretty much the episode for today, so let's get right into it. The biggest and the biggest basketball news going around right now, there is a report that the Lakers will part way with head coach Frank Vogel, but they will keep GM Palenka and special advisor Rambis. So after the Lakers have been eliminated from the playing tournament, there's been a lot of reports surrounding the team, a lot of rumors going around. The one consistent one is that Vogel will be out, but Palenka will stay. Some people blame the GM for the Lakers' hardship, not Vogel, and they think he should be fired. So, uh, guys, thoughts, reactions? I mean, Alex, you are the uh, resident Lakers fan. I mean, like I've always said for the past few weeks, I always feel that Palenka should should never have been there to begin with, but he he deserves to be fired first and foremost out of anyone. It really – Frank Vogel, did he have a rough year? Yes. But was this the team that he wanted out there? Probably not. This was more of Palenka listening to LeBron and them working together on bringing guys that LeBron wanted and stuff like that. But this probably wasn't really the team Vogel had in mind to – to try and make a run this year after being embarrassed by the Suns in the playoffs the year before. So when I really look at this, Palenka is not a competent GM. He never was. He didn't bring in, first off, he didn't bring in LeBron. Magic Johnson brought in LeBron. Palenka has not brought in, really, he has not made the moves without anyone else's say in order to show that he is competent. That's the thing. Even when they won their championship, the guys he brought in, it wasn't because he wanted him in there. It was because Vogel and LeBron both had their say in it. Now, it's really gotten to a point where Palinka, I don't know why Genie Bus is letting him stay in this position at all because he is so incompetent. He can't make the right decisions. He only listens to LeBron, really. And in reality, Frank Vogel did not have a say in building this roster as much as people realize. And I think that's where the problem is, is that as the head coach, he should have. This is the, this is the guys that he's going to put out on the court together and try and groom to be a title contender. Frank Vogel wasn't the problem. He just won you a championship a couple of years ago. Rob Palinka didn't put the team together for that run. Rob Palinka actually has not really put a strong team together by himself. So the real problem is the front office. It's not coaching at all. That's just my that's just my two cents on it. But Kurt Rambis, I mean, Kurt Rambis, I don't think you really have to get rid of him i don't think he plays as much what we love the goggles 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love his goggles, you know? That, that, that's fine with me. But Frank Vogel, I do think, has gotten the short end in the stick. And because he really... Could he... Does he have grounds to be fired? Yes. But does he deserve to be fired before Rob Palenka and get guaranteed that Rob Palenka will probably keep his job and not Frank Vogel? Then that's wrong to me. Because Rob Palenka deserves to be out first and foremost before Frank Vogel. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that really shows just how bad of like kind of this whole era of Vogel has been outside of the championship, you know, they wanted to use him as a scapegoat, you know. Mm-hmm. They wanted they originally wanted the bigger name guys like what they're talking about getting right now with Nick Nurse and uh you got Doc Rivers and some of these other rumored names. They wanted these bigger name guys because it's L.A. It's that, you know, it's the Lakers, one of the most historic franchises. But now this year, they're able to use Frank Vogel as an scapegoat. You know, you think about this whole Westbrook situation where a staffer said that he never respected Frank Vogel. Uh, You got Anthony Davis throwing shade about how there's been more lineups than wins. Last time Mm -hmm. I checked, a lot of that comes down to the players. Like, yeah, you can put mm-hmm. a formation in place. But let's not forget this. You know, this team was only two years removed from a championship. So you can't really blame the coach in this aspect. And it shows that they were, this team gave up a long time ago. There's even new reports that came out saying that there was a player that was texting during the game right in front of Frank Vogel. So it showed that they were already giving up on the season and they wanted an escape go. So they decided to use Frank Vogel instead of themselves, the players or uh, the front office. Yeah. I mean like Frank Vogel is like, he's not a bad head coach by any means of like, by any means like for, for him, it's like they're only two years removed and like that championship team had a really good bench on it. You know, LeBron and Anthony Davis were really healthy. So, you know, there was a lot of injuries going on this season, but Palenka really took, you know, a lot of feedback from LeBron versus like, oh, you know, versus asking the coaching staff, what do we need on this team? And I I think that's a big issue that's going to be going forward because like you could get rid of Vogel, fine, but, you know, what head coach is going to want to walk into L.A.? in a situation where it feels like LeBron is LeBron and the GM are like working against the head coach and not to mention Vogel was given pieces that he wasn't even really sure what to do with. Like he had trouble fitting Russell Westbrook into the playbook and that made it difficult because you got these superstars on the team and you don't know how to fit them in because they're not designed for that playbook. So there's just, there's just a lot going on with the Lakers organization. We're going to have to see how the off season goes for the team and just, See what happens. Uh, like I said earlier, there's a lot of reports. There's a lot of reports of like Russell Westbrook being on the move in the offseason, but nothing that has been confirmed. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens there. Moving on to some other NBA news. Nikolai Jokic, the last year's MVP, formed a new NBA club. Jokic will end the season in the brand new 2K, 1K, 500 club. He has scored over 2,000 points, grabbed 1,000 rebounds, and stacked up 500 assists. Jokic is the first ever to accomplish this in NBA history. He did this on two. He did this earlier in the week against the Grizzlies, where he was sent to the bench early on because he had some uh, 
contact to his forehead. He started bleeding from his forehead, but he ended up finishing the game with 35 points, 16 rebounds, six assists, five steals, and we got a brand new look. I don't think I've ever seen Jokic wear a headband, and uh, it actually looked really good. I saw a lot of uh, people talking on the internet about Jokic's uh, headband look. So, guys, thoughts, reaction? Like, if this wasn't a really good case, a really good thing to add to your resume for MVP this season, I don't know what else. Yeah, I, I think it says a lot about Jokic as, like, a versatile player. We've never really seen as good of a, uh, of a facilitator at the center position as mm-hmm. we have seen from him. And he's kind of elevated the game as, you know, Dirk did for big man shooting. I think, uh, and also, you know, European players, I think Jokic is doing the same thing, but also adding that element in passing. Uh, it just shows that our the league as a whole has grown so much and you don't have these guys just having their back against the basket, even though that's my preferred style of watching just because I'm always like, you know, the like aggressive element of the big man game. It's awesome to see, you know, these guys add other elements that we haven't really seen. And I think this season proves that Jokic is going to be, you know, he was already on that borderline of, you know, top 75. I, it definitely proves that he will be in the top 100. Uh, and, you know, he, he is one of the best big men in this era. So I love seeing it. Yeah, he and especially if he wraps up the second MVP officially, if this officially goes to him, he's easily going to break top 75. They're not going to oh. two two time MVP. That's that's what it's going to come down to. But for Jokic to go off even more, on Connor said he has really changed the game when you look at his style of play. He's not only a facilitator, he's also one of the best best shooting, one of the most efficient shooters from the big man from from any big man in the history of the game when you really look at it. He is so efficient. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good free throw shooter. He can he doesn't have to be in the paint to dominate. He can easily be from mid-range and he's got it. That's how talented he is. And I like it because this kind of era this year especially has kind of shown how efficient of shooters and how much of facilitators big man can be. When I look at Jokic, you see what he's done. You look at Joel Embiid, his shooting percentages are right are above Jokic for a good amount of categories, except for field goal percentage. And you look at Cat too, and what these guys have done. They are starting to actually catch up to the play of guards in terms of how once this once once the two thousands and twenty tens hit, we kinda of, the whole entire NBA changed. It became more guard dominant. Now mm-hmm. we're getting back into an era where the center's actually kinda of caught up to the style of play of guards and they can actually be guys who can shoot a three ball, shoot from mid range efficiently, and it can also dish out a bunch of passes. Cause when you look at like uh Embiid, Cat and Jokic, they all can actually dish out some pretty good nice passes. So I got to give respect to Jokic for being a part of this change in the NBA. But also, that milestone is just incredible, being the first player to ever reach those numbers. And I find it funny, his reaction to it, because after the game, they told him about it. He said, I think he said something along the lines like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, he's just so... (laughs) I think the guy that was, you know, that late of a draft pick, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, hell, his draft pick was announced during a Taco Bell ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and to have this much swagger and confidence now as a player, it's it's awesome to see. And uh, he's definitely developed a lot. Exactly. It, it, really it, has. 
there's a reason why the big men are like the leading front runners for MVP this season. Like we we're seeing a, a switch in the NBA where it's like the guards are like, yeah, they're top scorers and stuff. But now the big men are becoming more versatile. Like we mentioned Jokic, Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, Giannis is a very dominant scorer. He has that old school uh, Shaq type feel to him. But it's just a big it's slowly becoming the era of the big man again. And that's really exciting to see because that helps create some great basketball. But Jokic has really made a good case for why you should get back to back MVP. So we're going to have to see how that MVP play MVP race plays out. But congrats to Jokic on developing a new club. I hope he gets a T-shirt or something for that. <laughs> Do you get a T-shirt if you make a new club in the NBA or like a plaque or whatever? Or like you kind of have yeah. to do that yourself. Yeah, I think you got to like just go to your local, you know, trophy store and be like, hey, can you make this uh, made out to me? Like, just imagine you see just uh, him come in to the store and then uh, he's like, yeah, can you make this trophy? And then the guy's like, oh, we only have bowling trophies. Sorry, guy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into our leak. We wow weekly matchup recap it's the last one of the regular season any recaps that we do from now on will probably be in the postseason so let's start let's go back to april 2nd the bulls continue to get colder and shakier as the heat win 127 to 109 it's jimmy butler he was the top scorer for miami he had 22 points seven rebounds and six assists it felt like everybody was contributing on Miami side while Chicago couldn't get a lot going for them. DeMar DeRozan had 26 points. Zach Levine had 33 points, but the Bulls bench had 27 points combined. Meanwhile, the Heat's bench had 46 points combined. This was a really tough loss for Chicago, and it kind of puts their playoff run, their deep run hopes into jeopardy. So um, this was a really good win for Miami, but like, if you're the Chicago Bulls, you have to be sweating at this point. Yeah, the Bulls, man, they've really, really fallen off. You know, they uh, for a while they were up in that like you know two, three seed area, and now they're in their last ten games, three for seven, uh, and they're you know barely hanging on a thread. And uh, they will be able to not or will be able to avoid the play-in. But to even be in that situation after, you know, playing so well at certain points of the season. And, you know, that one statistic that, you know, keep saying every week, they're not playing well against good teams. And now they're in a matchup where they're going to be playing the Celtics, most likely. That, you know, as we're recording this, Man, that is a matchup that they will not win. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a five-game series. Alex, anything that anything else to add to this game? Yeah, I mean, when you look at this game and like everything Connor said about how the Bulls have looked, they were really once in the upper echelon of the NBA, especially Eastern Conference. Now, not only this game that they look and they were embarrassed out there, but they are on a four-game losing streak now, and then they also have a tough matchup tonight. So they could easily end the season with five straight losses. And I feel like, you know, this has really got to affect their confidence come playoff time. And they really have been embarrassed every game. I mean, you guys heard DeMar DeRozan. They asked him, like, how did it feel first few months being on top and now these next few months being on these, these numerous, numerous losing streaks. And he said, it's just like freshman, sophomore year of high school. You're always in these easy 
DP classes, you know, you're getting A's, you're getting A, you're getting A pluses, A minuses, and then he goes, the next thing you know, you're junior, senior, you're taking honors courses, and you start failing. That's how he described it. And I'm like, the fact that, yeah, one of the fact that one of the leaders of that team is kind of describing that way, I feel like his confidence is really shook right now. Come playoff time, and this is really not what you need right now from one of your leaders. And I feel like, I feel like the Bulls are really starting like the fact that they might have to play the Celtics. I mean, even if they don't play the Celtics, they would have to play the probably the 76ers then or even the Bucks of the Bucks fell. I think Bucks clinched the 2 seed though. So, mm-hmm. but if the Bulls have to play either the Celtics or the Sixers, they really are going to be in for a rough a rough 7 game series and it might not go the full way. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's uh that's going to be really tough for them cuz like it feels like no matter no matter what a seeding they get, they're going to have a really tough road ahead. But, you know, they're going to have about a week off before they actually have to play these teams. So maybe they just need to hit a little reset button and we might see a different Bulls team come playoff time. But it's not looking too good for Chi-Town right now. But let's get into April 6th. Uh, the upset kings of the season get another big win under their belts. As the Clippers beat the Suns 113-109, to Paul George was a man on a mission with 19 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists, and 3 steals. But Norman Paul led the team with 24 points. But the Suns played without 4 of their starters. They, they didn't have Aiden, Booker, Crowder, or Paul. They just they didn't have all their guys out on the floor. And it was a really close loss for the Suns, but like I... Some people might be worried, but I'm I'm not too worried about the Suns because they were without four of their starters. Well, yeah, this was also the interesting thing about this was halfway through the fourth quarter, the Clippers were up 29 points, and then in the end, it became a four point game. So it kind of got really close there. But yeah, they were out. They were without four of their starters, and plus, you know, they let Bridges have fun out there. That's what I'm happy about. They. They let Bridges out there have fun a little bit, but you know, but he, uh, but when I look at this, this was I, I really like this from a standpoint for the Clippers, just because regardless of the stars are out there right now, this really is kind of these past couple games from have been confidence boosters for them. So I really like it going into playoff time because it's letting Paul George kind of. It really felt like he didn't have to like do much. He was just getting, still getting back into the groove of everything come playoff time. So I think this actually was better for them in terms of not only comments but let paul george you know this is like when we were waiting for clay to get his time to get in the groove of things too this is what paul george is going through so i really like it for the clippers sons sons could care less this was this was just letting their their backup guys actually get some time out there and play a little bit and let the starters rest but it was funny just because the next game the sons played all their starters played like 38 minutes. So uh, I'm kind of confused on where that went wrong, but you know, it's they underestimated the Clippers and they, they cost them a game. Maybe like um, there's a decent chance that they will, they might play the Clippers in the, in the first round. And we know the Clippers are, they can pull off an upset or two. So we're Connor, anything to add to this game? You know, when I look at this game, oh wait, give me a second. Let me look. Okay, let me restart. My bad. Uh, okay. When you look at this game from the Clippers standpoint, you know, it's a huge win, even with the Suns being down multiple players because of that factor that they might be playing them in the first round. Uh, but allowing them 
to come back and kind of relax, you know, you get in relaxed mode and you allow a huge comeback like that. You can't let that slide because when they do have all those players on the court, uh, they will be a lot more effective than they were when they played them. Uh, from the Clippers standpoint, though, it's awesome to see Paul George playing. And this team it has a lot of depth, and that's going to be scary for any matchup that they have. So from that standpoint, it's a great win for the Clippers. and. We'll have to see if there's more momentum going into the play-in. And uh, for them, hopefully they can use that to officially be in the tournament. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see what the if the Clippers can make it to the playoffs. But uh, they, they look like a dangerous team if you encounter them there. And we're going to head into uh, Friday, Friday the 8th. Uh, the Nets secure the win over the Cavaliers, one eighteen to one oh seven. That gives them the driver's seat for the seventh seed. Kevin Durant had thirty six points, five rebounds, and five assists. He also went four out of six from three point land. All the Nets starters were in double digit territory. Darius Garland was the top scorer for the Cavaliers. He had thirty one points, but he went twelve out of twenty four in the field, so about fifty percent field goal percentage it, but it just seemed like none of the other Cavs players could find the bottom of the net there was a lot of missed shots from a lot of the starters and from the bench too yeah I think that just says a lot about also the Cavs uh missing a Jared Allen you know you guys clowned me a little bit for saying that it's going to be a huge loss by losing the big man and Jared Allen but they've been really really sloppy and not able to finish games uh and it's played a huge factor in their losses recently for the nets this is a big momentum boost for them and i think one reason why the nets are a pretty scary team going into this playoffs is because they're motivated to prove others wrong that you know harden you know made the smart move and moved away i think they're going to be like like Kyrie and Katie are going to play their hearts out to try to prove all the haters wrong. So that was a huge loss for the Cavs. In my opinion, I think they've lost all momentum that they had going into this portion of the season. And for the Nets, it's completely opposite. They have all the momentum and I can see them using that momentum to maybe do an upset in the first round. We'll have to see it. As Connor even said too, Connor, you'd probably have agree with this too. Like, despite the whole Jared Allen situation, this problem started even before Jared Allen. Like yeah. they were in this up and down trend even when they were with him, like getting into this portion of the season. So they really have started losing that confidence. They started losing momentum with him too. And I think, you know, this also it wasn't about them. I think this was more about the Nets playing with a lot of passion out there and a lot of drive and momentum in the sense that they want to prove themselves now. Kyrie wants to prove himself because guys like Stephen A are giving him a lot of crap for how he was. And even me, I give him a lot of crap too for how he was at the beginning, the full first half of the year. But now they really are in a position where they're playing with a lot of passion. They will, KD will do whatever it takes to make sure that no matter what, they will avoid losing in the play-in tournament. He will, prove, he will put up 50 if he has to, maybe even 60 if that's what it takes. And that's what I expect from him. I expect him to play, play with that kind of energy, that kind of passion, to be a huge score in this upcoming playing game for this coming week. But in terms of the Cavs, they really have been on a skiff for a while. But the Nets, 
this could be a scary team to watch out for. So if I'm any team in the Eastern Conference, I would be worried about playing them first round. Yeah, like the, the Nets have found a groove now, especially now that Kyrie is able to play in both home games and away games. All of a sudden, it just it just kind of clicked for Brooklyn, you know, like and once they got rid of James Harden, it just like it seemed like they were skidding for a little bit. They skid quite a bit after the uh, after the trade deadline, but then they got a groove back. And now it, it just seems like the Nets are going to be really dangerous in the play in tournament and they might be even more dangerous in the playoffs. And depending on where they land, they might be playing the Bucks or they might be playing the Heat. And whoever the one or two seed is, they're going to have their hands full handling the the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie just like coming down on them. So let's get into the final regular season records and weekly records. I went nine and five for this week. I ended the season with a 147-137 record. Connor went eight and six this week. He went 149 for 135 this season. Alex, though, ended with the best overall record. He went 9-5 and five this week. We're both tied, but he ended the season 154 to 128. We're going to toss it to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the playing tournament. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Zach here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like the show, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We share breaking news and updates that are going around the league, as well as show updates. You can find a link to our accounts in the description down below, or search Sins the Throwdown. Thanks so much for listening. Now here's the rest of the episode. And welcome back. All right, so the playing tournament is happening this week. This year, there's a lot of exciting matchups that are going on, and the possibility of one of these lower seeds pulling an upset feels like it's a lot higher compared to last year. So let's talk about this. First of all, my first question, which seed, which team in the playing tournament is most likely to pull an upset against a one or two seed? Um, Alex, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so for me, the team that I really think that is most likely to upset a one or a two seed is the Timberwolves. When I really look at this squad and what they've been through from the first half of the year to the second half of the year and how they really overcome a lot of adversity, a lot of challenges. This was also first half of the year. Cat acted like he was going to leave, and then now he's loving every second of being in Minnesota with his, with his trio. So I really think this trio of D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Cat is really capable of pulling off an upset. And not just that, this is a team who, for the second half of the season, is has been, like record-wise, one of the top three teams in the West, probably, when you really look at a top three, top four in the West for the second half of the year. And obviously, first half of the year is where their problems came down to. But they really have rallied together. This is a team that has not only one of the most talented centers, who's showing that he's one of the most talented centers in the league, but also Anthony Edwards' start is coming into his own, developing more. And D'Lo has been great for them in terms of being a facilitator. So I really think that this is a team to watch out for, especially when I look at if they're going to have to play the Grizzlies. You know, Grizzlies, this is also, Grizzlies are a tough team, but this Timberwolves team is a team that's also been really hungry for years now, and Cat has been waiting for this moment, so I would watch out. All right, Connor, who do you got for your team? I'm also with Alex here. I'm going with the Timberwolves. I think the team's hungry. I mean, the last time they won a series mm-hmm. uh, was actually in 2004. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I was like, what, seven years old back in 2004. So it's been a long time since then. So I, I think that's one thing. They're hungry. They want to win. They've only had one playoff appearance since that, you know, 2004 series. I also think a lot of it comes down to the development of Anthony Edwards. A lot of people looked at last year, you know, the rookie squad as, you know, the LaMelo ball show. And, you know, Anthony Edwards was kind of seen as like, oh, should LaMelo actually got number one, you know. But now Anthony Edwards is putting up a really good campaign this year. I also think uh, I agree with Alex on the regards of that you know, Grizzlies matchup. I also think with the Grizzlies, even though they've done a lot of great things and they've, you know, you know, competed a lot and are the leaders in a lot of stats as teams. I just think the team is a little inexperienced. And I think two inexperienced teams like this could go either way. Mm -hmm. And it could just come down to who's more hungry. And uh, last year, the Grizzlies were able to, you know, make that, uh, a little run in uh, like the play in, but seeing them this year, they could maybe underestimate this Timberwolves team as a whole. Yeah, I was leaning towards Minnesota, but I, I have a good feeling about the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, uh, that's the team I'm picking. Uh, for me, the Clippers have a really good bench this year. I mean, they made some good trades. They got Norman Paul. They got Robert Covington. They've been contributing to the team. You got Reggie Jackson on the team. Now Paul George is back, and he's playing really well. It took him a few games to get readjusted, but he's basically he's almost back to that form that we saw him earlier in the season, almost an MVP-type form. And let, let's not forget this Clippers team was in the Western Conference Finals last year, too. So I don't have a lot of doubts that the Clippers could pull an upset. Granted, I, I feel like it depends, but I feel like if they play the Grizzlies, there's a good chance they get an upset. If they play the Suns, it'd be a seven-game series to get the upset. But I, I feel pretty good about Los Angeles in this in this situation. Um, Let's talk about a player that will have the biggest impact in this tournament. I mean... Depending on how the tournament goes, like some some teams may be playing two games, some teams may be only playing one game. But like, I just want to know what what who the difference maker is in this tournament. So, uh, Connor, I'll actually give this one to you. Okay, cool. Uh, so, who I think is going to have the biggest impact in the play-in tournament is uh, Paul George. I, I think the team has you know struggled this whole season. Like they've competed against all teams without their star players, but having their star player in Paul George, I mean, yeah, Kawhi, you want to have him healthy in there too. But at least having one star player in Paul George has elevated this team even more so. And I, I think they want to prove that they are the best team in L.A., especially with how much hype there was with the Lakers this year and not even making it to the play-in. Uh, I think that will motivate the Clippers even more to uh, make a good showing. And also, too, the Clippers experience as a whole since Paul George and Kawhi made the move to L.A. has been a huge failure. They have never made a championship appearance, and they haven't been able to stay healthy. So I think Paul George is going to want to prove the haters wrong, especially for the ones that make fun of them and call them like Pandemic P and 
uh, you know, playoff P uh, <laughs> that whole joke, you know. So uh, I'm excited <laughs> to see how he plays. All right, that that's uh, I like that pick. Like I, I like all these picks, but Alex, who do you got for your guy? Yeah, Connor, that's a great pick, and I absolutely love it. But I want to stick with the West, but I want to pick a different guy here. I want to go with Carl Anthony Towns. Now, when I look at what he's done this year and how he's really, really had a bounce back year after these last two years of dealing with injury problems, he has played in 74 games. And in those games, this is a guy who's not only shooting 82% from the line, he's 52% from, from the field, and he's 41% from three. And we're talking about a big man here, okay? He's 12th in scoring, too. He's averaging 24 a game, almost 10 rebounds, block steal. He's doing everything he can on both sides of the ball. He has been an incredible dominant force and one of the most underrated players, not only of this year, but he's been underrated his whole career. And I really think this this upcoming playing tournament and to get into the and get into get into the playoffs, he really has a lot to fight for. He has a lot to prove. He wants to prove everyone wrong that he deserves to be up there with one of the some of the best players in the world not just big men some of the best players in the world and i think he is a big factor in this because the timberwolves are finally in a position where they can maybe maybe make a run at it this year so i really think that this all relies on cat in this play in tournament making that change for them and he really has been that force without him they won't go anywhere with him, they have a strong chance of maybe also not only winning the playing game, but then upsetting in the first round too. So I think this all really lies on Cat for them. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point you bring up because like Cat is really the the driving force for that Timberwolves team. I mean, uh, Anthony Edwards is coming along at his own pace. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's another guy that like he's a good contributor, but it's really cat that's like been the engine for that for minnesota so it, it it's kind of it kind of feels like the team's destiny is like in his hands like he has to lead this team to success or they're going to be out of the play in tournament but i i really like that pick too that's a really good one that was a guy i was thinking about but um the guy i have i'm going to the eastern conference and i'm picking kevin durant like the nets are definitely in the play in tournament like they, they have their spot secured but I feel like for the Nets, we mentioned this before, it's just going to come down to whatever Kevin Durant does. Because, like, yes, they have Kyrie Irving. Yes, they have uh, they have a, they have their bench players, too. But KD is really the guy on the Nets team, and he's going to be in charge of, like, where how far that team goes. Like, if he has to drop 40 or 50 or 60 points to get his team to the next level, good. Because, you know, he needs to prove that, like, he needs to prove that like he's more than just like a super team type player. Like he needs to prove to the league and maybe even to himself that like he can go out there and just win games as Kevin Durant. Now, the Nets are pretty talented. They're looking like they're in a good spot for the playing tournament. And they're also a really good candidate to pull an upset in the Eastern Conference if they make it into the play-in tournament. But like KD has really turned it on in the past couple of weeks and I need him to like keep going like that because that's what's really driving the nets forward right now so he's a guy i'm looking out for in the in this playing tournament so let's get into the final question this one's pretty easy uh the teams you expected to make it to the playoffs there's four teams uh two teams from the east two teams from the west so uh alex i'll start with you teams in the east that are should make it into the play-ins and teams in the west that should make it into the play-in playoffs 
Well, I'm going to do West real quick first just because I think it's more obvious that it really should be the Timberwolves and Clippers. I really think that's going to happen in the end. I think regardless of the fact that they have to play each other first matchup seven versus eight, then I think the Clippers, even if they either if one of those two lose, they're going to win the next matchup right there to clinch that last eight seed. So no matter what, those two teams really should be the ones that are in the playoffs when it's all said and done. Now on the East, I think the Nets are no matter what going to make it. I think KD's passion and Kyrie's drive right now then are really big motivators, and they really are not going to be stopped. And they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure they avoid losing in the play-in. Now this is where I was a little iffy was that second team, but I'm going to go with this one. This could be a surprising one. I'm actually going to go with the Hornets as that team to make it. I really think I like, as of right now, I really like their situation in terms of who they might have to play. They might have to play, in reality, I think it's going to be the Hawks, but they might have to play the Cavs too. And I think no matter what, if they had to play the Cavs and the Cavs drop and they have to play them, I really think that this is kind of a good situation for them in terms of the Cavs have really lost a lot of momentum. If they have to play the Hawks, I think it's also a perfect matchup because the Hornets and Hawks have been in similar situations this whole second half of the year with struggling and then turning it back up again this past month. And when I really look at this, I think with the way the Hawks have been this year and how they were supposed to be one of the top teams in the East this past year, and they really weren't, and the Hornets really exceeded expectations, I really ex- expect them to exceed expectations further. And they're to me, they're that team that like no one expected them to really have this kind of year. But now they're here, and I really think they just want to do whatever it takes just to make sure that they can make it to the playoffs. And even if it's as an eight seed and they get swept first round, it doesn't matter. They just want to prove that they actually belong to be one of the better playing teams and to make it to the playoffs. All right, good choices there. Uh, Connor, who do you got for your picks? Uh, I'm rocking with the same picks as Alex here. Uh, The big reason for the Hornets for me is just because uh, once again, the Cavs just been inconsistent over the last month or so, uh, you know, going on a couple months. And I also like the potential matchup of the Hornets versus Atlanta. You look at their last matchup against each other, Trey Young was only able to get nine points, and the Hornets played very well against them. So I think that kind of shows that LaMelo is, can play very good defense and, uh, do that and like have a really good matchup against Trey Young. I I think both are going to be you know really good games, uh you know potential games that we could have, but uh, that really makes me stick with the Hornets because they are running on a lot of momentum and I feel like Lamelo is going to make that jump that we saw Ja make last year in the play in and kind of use that as momentum going into next season. I, I don't really see them making noise outside of, you know, this play-in tournament. But uh, I, I could see it being good momentum for next season. Yeah, um, the, that that's a really good point that you brought up. For for my picks for the West, it's the same. It's the Clippers and Timberwolves, even though they're probably going to play each other the first round. It, it, it The first round of the play-in, it doesn't matter. I think both of those teams are going to make it in. I do have the Nets making it into the playoffs, but I actually picked the Hawks in this instance. I didn't pick the Hornets for once. And the reason why is because there's just something about Trey Young and him being clutch in like these like situations and these types of do or die situations. Like 
we we seen him last year when he got into the playoffs like he was able to just show up every day and you know go out there and like make plays and like you know score the baskets that they need to win and and for me it's just like this is a this is a perfect situation for Trey Young to lead the Hawks through even if they don't make it super far into the playoffs it just proves that like Trey Young is like that guy for the Hawks and that's the guy that like needs to lead them through but I, I think the Hawks are like, they're finally getting a little bit of a groove. The Hornets are a little shaky. There's some inexperience there. Trey Young has that experience at a young age too. So I think that's really going to help them through, especially like if they beat the Hornets and then they're facing the Cavs team, that's also very shaky too. I think uh, I think if Trey Young can stay cool and keep ice in his veins, I think we'll see the Atlanta Hawks into the playoffs. Yeah, but the, the problem with is not Trey. I think it's more about the team around him. Yeah, they're so true. Trey can put up 40 and that team will lose by 20. And that's yeah. really, well, that's that, the only thing that worries me is really the other guys picking up the slack. Cause Trey give, I give the man his credit. He can put up 40 just like that, but that the rest of his teammates can slack off and do terror and play absolutely garbage the rest of the game. And they get blown out by like 15 or 20. That's my worry is that Trey will give everything he has, but the rest of the team might actually slack off. Yeah, like I, I for me, like it, I was like on the fence about the Hawks and the Hornets, but after seeing what I saw last year and knowing what Trey Young can do, I would like I'm like I really shouldn't bet against Trey Young in like a like a do or die situation because he tends to perform better in these situations, and if he can make the right plays and get his teammates involved early, I think the Hawks can really like punch their way into the playoffs. But that's just me. We're gonna have to wait and see how that playing tournament works out. We're going to toss it to break. When we come back, we're going to tease our playoff outlook. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner. They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. And welcome back. All right, we got our playoff outlook. Guys, the playoffs are finally here. Of course, we're going to have a little bit of time in between the end of the regular season, the play-in tournament, and then the playoffs themselves. But we're going to be talking about just round one right now. We're not going to do our whole overview. We're going to take it a little little slow we're just starting with the first round first off guys what which team can you absolutely not sleep on in this playoffs this season um alex i'll let you go first with this one sure the one team to me that i really think no one should even come close to sleeping on is the 76ers they did not they did not fight back this year from being an 11 12 seed after the first month and a half two months of season so being a 50 win team they did not go through all that just to lose in the first round and just to lose in the second round. They are not only a threat, they're also a threat for any team in the West because they can make a finals run and win the whole damn thing. I really think the 76ers are a team uh, are a team that no one should sleep on. And also, MB did not go through this whole entire MVP caliber run just to end up short. He is really fighting for it, and I think he has grown as a player too because – he was kind of selfish his first few years out, not going to lie. He really was. But he really has turned it around this year. The combo of him and Harden 
is one of the best duos so far that we have seen ever since that trade was made. And when I look at it, Harden has a lot to prove, too. He really wants to finally get a chance to get back to the NBA Finals ever since he was a six-man for the Thunder. So when I look at that, when I look at this team and the struggles they went through early on and how they rallied together past the whole Ben Simmons fiasco and how Embiid has led them and also has most likely, as we're recording this, clinched the scoring title, too, he is really not going to be slowed down at all in the playoffs. And I really think this is a team that is capable of going on a run to win the whole thing. That's a, that's a really good point because Embiid did this team really turned it around like a lot of these other teams. But like the 76ers have something really special going on, especially now that they got James Harden into the mix. And like now that Embiid and Harden are playing together, like we're we're seeing a duo that really works well and complements each other. It's really hard to bet against them this postseason because because like Harden now is a like a new addition. He brings a veteran presence and he has playoff experience, which makes a huge difference for teams down the stretch. So we know what the expectations are. Uh, This is definitely a team that you will want to see in the NBA finals. Uh, Connor, any thoughts or do you want to get into your team? Uh, uh, Just quick. Yeah, I, I think the 76ers team is. Uh, the favorite if not like the second favorite to win the championship this year just because oh that motivation of trying to have the pro- uh process finally be completed and uh and I think they're going to use that as motivation uh for my pick I'm going with the warriors here and it's actually a team I'm going to be kind of sleeping on because I really don't know with how they're going to be in their first matchup but the thing is, it's the Warriors. It's a team that in uh, during our time in college, us three, we saw them in the championship every single year, basically. Uh, and, it, you know, this team has experience and knows how to win a championship. And we should not take them lightly just because they might not have the center depth that the other teams in the West have. Or they might just not have the roster that might compete with other teams. But this Warriors team has experience, and I, I think they could do some damage more than what we expect. Yeah, especially if they get uh, Steph Curry back, and we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit more. But if the Warriors get them back, all of a sudden this team goes from like, oh, well, they might not make it that far, too. If they have Steph Curry, they could go as far as they want. So I, I think that's a good choice there. And it's like, and plus maybe Clay Thompson finally like goes back to an older form. Cause like we've seen times where Clay Thompson has been the guy to go out and drop 30 and 40 points for the Warriors to get him to win. So I, I, I don't think sleeping on the Warriors is like an entirely great idea. Alex, any thoughts on the Warriors or. Just pausing again. Oh, he left. Yeah. Oh my god, again. Well, we got through like one whole segment without it, so I mean, like, turn my phone's down all the way. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. All right, I'll go right into it. Okay. Yeah. To even go on the this Warriors team, you know, it's it's without Steph, we like we said, it's really 
And he's gone again. <laughs> oh, Alex. Not again, Alex, no. It's all right. We're almost done. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Now recording. <laughs> We've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Uh, okay, so 12 minutes ago, it's official, and Bede has won the scoring oh. title. Oh. You guys hear me? Yeah. All right. Embiid has score has clinched the uh, scorer's title. Good. Good. Yeah, first Tyler. center since Shaq. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what it says from NBA Buzz. So okay. I don't know. Uh, like, uh, oh, I think also, Gordon Hayward's gonna miss the play-in. Well. Uh, uh Well, I mean, you sign a guy with a bum leg. I don't know what more you want, but let's try uh, it again. You, yeah. All right. <laughs> try it again. Yeah, as Connor said about this Warriors team, when I really look at it, this is a team that does have experience, even without Steph. With, without Steph, it is a tough matchup, no matter what. But regardless, this is a team that does have playoff experience. They went to five finals in a row, and then the last two years, have they avoided making the playoffs? Yes, but they really are coming together. And this was also those couple of years were without Clay too. So Clay could be a huge factor into this game. We into this uh, first-round matchup. We don't know yet who they're really going to play. There's still stuff to be said as we're recording this. But regardless, this is a team that could they lose first round without Steph? Yes. But could that experience and the fact that Clay is there really motivate them to like actually be a dominant force, especially in the first round? And then if Steph comes back, then they're really on a tear? Absolutely. We'll have to wait and see, but there's a strong chance for that to happen regardless. Yeah, I, I, you know... I we know this season it's like if they got Steph back they, there's no doubt that they could make a run for the finals but without him it, it's all up in the air and we're just gonna have to wait and see but for for my pick this may surprise some people maybe it's not as surprising but some people like to sleep on uh reigning champions uh, mm-hmm. I have the Bucks as my team not to sleep on and you know they had that early shaky start you know they were sitting at the 10th seed and then they dropped out of the playoff in the playing tournament now they're at the two seed they have the two seed and i know people are gonna doubt them no matter what so i'm going to make this very obvious they are the reigning champs for a reason and my favorite thing about the bucks team is they have a next man up mentality which is really important in the nba because we've seen times where Giannis is not playing. Bobby Portis steps up. You know, Drew Holiday's not in the game. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen has to step up. Or it's like, oh, Chris Middleton's not in the game. The next man up. Basically, that's what's keeping this Bucks team into the conversation of, like, back-to-back championships. And it it's still Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, he is a four, he is a two-time MVP, and he was a finals MVP last year. And, like, it, it takes a lot to take him down. So... I feel like people might be sleeping on them because they're not the one seed or they're like, oh, well, they messed up the first half of this year. It's like, but the Bucks in the playoffs, there's a reason why there's a reason why they came back and won four in a row against the Suns. So I'm not sleeping on the Bucks, even if they're not the one seed, they're still the two seed. And last year they won as a three seed. So I'm just like, to, this is like a PSA of just reminding you they are the reigning champs and there's a reason why they got to the NBA finals in the first place. Yeah, no, I 
I mean, I was the one who said this a month ago and two months ago when they started getting their winning streak. I said a lot of people, I've never seen a team more slept on and be a reigning yeah. champion than the Bucks, And it's actually embarrassing that a lot of people have slept on them this year. And I said, I said this over a couple months ago. I really was shocked with how much people were sleeping on the reigning champs. I don't think there is another team that I could think of that has been slept on more when defending their title. I mean, that, that team was there for a reason. I, I think yep. maybe it's the lack of sexiness with <laughs> it being the Milwaukee market. I mean, I know they've, been a different team with Giannis there but I feel like you know the lack of maybe watching those Milwaukee games might you know have people like be like oh you know they only win by this amount but in all reality they're just dominating the whole game mm-hmm. and plus that Bobby Porter shake and bake three-point shot is amazing too so like how can you how can you bet against that <laughs> uh, let's get into this next question here the 76ers um, most likely we'll face up against the Raptors. We're not sure, but if they do face up, the 76ers are one in three against them this season. Really quickly, if you're the 76ers, are you concerned about facing the Raptors in the playoffs? I, I think there's a little bit of uncertainty with uh Thibel not being able to compete because of his vaccination status and uh Toronto not lifting that ability. I know he's not like an offensive threat. But he brings such great defense to that team. Yeah, he brings such good defense to that team that you really, like, are going to miss that. And uh, with the length that the Raptors have, that's a that's a tough matchup, but I still think Philly wins in, like, five or six games. Yeah. That, I think, the, you know, playoffs is a different situation now. The Sixers are a much different team, and they're really ready for this. So regardless of what happened in regular season, I mean, when – Jordan years ago was in the regular season against the Cavs. They swept them in the regular season. They would sweep them every year, and then they go to the playoffs against them, and that's what the whole started. The whole Bulls being a threat trend was then he defeated them and got the game winner in five games. So, you know, when I really look at this, is kind of like this is this round is kind of like Embiid's turn to like build a legacy off of like this is a team that they struggle with against the beginning of the against this whole entire season. No problem, we'll beat them in the playoffs and we'll prove that we belong. And I think we're going to see that happen this time. Yeah, and there's always that um, when the playoffs come, I think players finally get into like that mode where it's like uh, you got to treat every game like it's do or die, even if it's just game one. So I, I'm not too worried about the 76ers. This series could go to six, but we'll see what happens. Uh, another quick question. The Warriors could do could could they go down early like they did last year? Uh, the likely matchup for them is Jokic and the Nuggets. They look good. The Nuggets look good without um without jamal murray and without michael porter jr uh they are both out for the playoffs for the nuggets so it's just Jokic and aaron gordon and the rest of the squad that's in denver so without without steph curry does this look like another situation where the warriors might go down early like granted last year they played in the playing tournament they lost to the lakers and then they lost to the grizzlies uh, grizzlies so like is this another to make to reiterate my point, is this another situation where we might see Golden State go down early again? This very well could be, but again, they didn't have Clay. They didn't have Clay last year. This is a different situation to me. This really is. I think the fact that they didn't have Clay last year playing was a factor too. But even without Steph, like I said before, they easily could get bounced first round. But 
Clay could be that X factor that he once was a few years ago, and he really could be a threat in helping them grab that first round without Steph. Granted, though, I do think this is a Nuggets team who has been without Murray, without Porter Jr. And when I really look at it, Jokic might might also be, I think he has probably has a strong case to finally grab that second MVP after this past week, but he is the reigning MVP for a reason. He's also probably going to be the two-time MVP now in back-to-back years. And he did not get into this game, get into this situation just to get bounced first round after dealing with basically every kind of all-star caliber player that could have been surrounded with him. So I really think he has a lot. This is this is a team that he's been without key stars. So you know what? He actually has turned it for that team to be a tough competitor in the West no matter what. So the Warriors without Steph, they could be in for a huge loss. But again, like we said, we have to wait and see on Clay's situation because Clay could be that guy that steps up like he used to be. So we have to that'll be remain to be seen. But I really do think the Nuggets are probably gonna grab this just because Jokic doesn't need Murray. He doesn't need Porter to win the first round because he's been fighting this whole season without them and having another MVP caliber season. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Alex here. I, you know, I put the Warriors as a slept on team because I'm also sleeping on them, but like, that's the reason like people don't expect this team to do much, but uh, you never know with the Warriors, but with Denver, I, I really think Jokic wants to prove that he's not just a regular season guy. He can make this team have a deep run. And uh, I think this is a great year for him to do it with a very stacked Western conference. Uh, so personally, I think uh, the the Nuggets actually do win this series. Yeah, I mean, like if the Warriors face the Nuggets, there's a good chance the Nuggets win this series, not the Warriors. Now, granted, if Steph Curry comes back, that's a completely different story. But the Nuggets look good without uh, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And Jokic has been like, he's just been grinding this whole season to get his team into the playoffs. They have the sixth seed. Uh, they don't have to play in the playing tournament, which is really good for them. It gives them a little bit of time to settle down and regroup. So I think for Denver, I'm like, I think they're in the best position possible. They have like what I would consider one of the easiest matchups of the first round for a team that's a lower seed because they have the easier path to get into the second round. And Jokic, if he keeps playing like he has been like a MVP candidate, uh, I don't think there's any reason why the Nuggets can't make a deep run. So I think if Golden State, uh, if Klay Thompson doesn't really turn it on in the first round, they're going to be out in the first round. And that that's going to be disappointing. But I'm going to wait for Alex to get back because we're literally like, it's the last question. And this uh, he said, uh, just do the last part without me. It's not letting me join in. That's dumb. All right. All right, let's do this really quick. Three, two, one. All right, so finally, Connor, really quick, uh, which round one matchup in either conference are you looking forward to the most? Uh, I'm excited for the Grizzlies-Warriors just because it's two teams that we haven't really seen have a lot of success over the recent future, and it's a way different team than we've seen in the last couple years. So I'm excited to see what team will make a run and kind of cement themselves as a new powerhouse in the Western Conference. Even with how the Wolves are a seven seed, I still think 
that they have potential. If they add another great piece next year, they could be a top five team in the West. Uh, So I'm excited to see that matchup. And it's two teams that I think are so hungry to give their fan bases a much needed playoff series win. So that's my two picks. Yeah, and that's a that's going to be a really good series, uh, uh, potentially. Like once we get into that point, but I I think for Minnesota, like if they can get in against the Grizzlies, it's two young teams, not a lot of playoff experience. So we're gonna see two, two like really good young squads go at it. For my pick, I have the Seventy Sixers versus the Raptors. I think it's time that Philly got revenge for the shot <laughs> with Kawhi yeah, Leonard. I, I think this is their chance to shine against an opponent that really has had their number in the playoffs for quite a few years. And Definitely. flip the script a little bit. The 76ers look great. The Raptors look good, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sleeping on the Raptors whatsoever. But but I think the 76ers with the, the squad they got now, uh, I think it's going to be really good for them to go against the Raptors. Granted, this series could be over in four. It could go to seven. So that's why I'm really excited about it, because like this feels like a redemption arc that's starting for Philly in the process. Uh, Alex had a little bit of technical issues. He won't be able to say his pick, but I think we, you and me, Connor, can agree that this is a good pick. Boston versus Chicago. Now, Chicago hasn't had any top three wins this whole season right is that stat still correct like they haven't beat anybody in the top three like two and 22 against top four teams on both sides so yeah so but i feel like for chicago they're gonna have some time before they start this playoff series and i feel like for the bulls maybe that's a time to kind of rally the troops and all of a sudden like we know boston's red hot but we know that sometimes if you have a break in between games and game series that could kill your momentum. So I think Chicago would be smart to like regroup, come out strong, maybe like punch Boston in the mouth and maybe get a win on the road in Boston and then go back one-on-one, one-to-one in the series. And one of their guys has to show up. I mean, if you look at their April 6 matchup just this past week, uh, you know, they had no real guys like, perform well their highest score was DeRozan at 16 points and you got guys like Zach Levine and you know Pat Williams and you know like Kobe White and Vucevic not really being huge impacts I mean like you need one of these guys to step up you can't just rely on DeRozan to have a amazing game every time yeah, when when they step into this, step into the stadium, step onto the court, they need the whole team to show them, not just Demar and uh, Zach Levine. So that's a really good point. They need the whole squad to show up. This, they, it can't just be two guys like scoring every point. They need the rest of the team, and that's a really good point. And for Boston, like we know, Jason Tatum's a really great player. We know that he could carry the team on his back. And but you know, Boston needs all their guys to show up too, because if Jalen Brown doesn't show up or Marcus Smart, then all of a sudden uh, the Celtics could be in some big trouble. So we're going to have to wait and see. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be on the lookout for those mini episodes that we got coming out so that way you stay up to date on what's going on with the NBA playing tournament and the playoffs. Thank you once again for listening. We will see you all next time. It sound right, boy.